You have queued up the Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition, composer, musician, poet, visual artist, and educator Terry Janur, as we trace the arc of a spiritual, artistic, and ancestral journey across nearly four decades of performances at Roulette. A celebrated violinist, vocalist, and poet, Janur reveals motivations behind the work and the people who inspire it. This is Terry Janur. My name is Terry Janur, and I am a creature that loves to make things. Uh, I make music, I make visual art, I paint, uh, I do illustrations, I do fabric, sculptures, uh, I question things, probe into them, I'm a researcher. I love to guide others into making their own things, so I'm a, I've been a professor for a number of years up here in Massachusetts. For the sake of this conversation, I guess I'll say I'm a musician. I'm a composer, violinist, and vocalist. I grew up in the Bronx, in the Bronx River Projects. Uh, I went to school at High School of Music and Art. 
Some of my early influences were pretty wide-ranging, I think. Um, folk music, I loved folk music. I played uh, Phil Oaks and Buffy St. Marie. Oh, Buffy St. Marie, big influence on me. Caribbean music, I learned to dance before I could do much of anything else. My mother is Puerto Rican and always was dancing and I would be her partner. I'd be with her dancing in the kitchen. So I knew all of the, um, the contemporary Puerto Rican dances. That was, that's really like blood for me, my, in me. Musically, as I got older, my, I just really fell in love with improvising. I started off as a European classical player, started playing the violin at about eight. In my 20s, I was introduced to Leroy Jenkins, and as I was developing my skills in creating ideas, improvising, he invited me to join his ensemble, Sting, and I stayed with him. I, I should say under him because I really learned so much from him being the second violin in, in a two violin band. Oh, he was really quite an influence on me. I remember I taught myself to play guitar. I was probably about 12. At that time I was playing violin and I really love, have always loved to sing, and I wanted to accompany myself. So I taught myself to play and just enough to sing those songs, those folk songs, those protest songs in particular that I loved so much. And so I was about 16. It was probably my first real gig. I played the bandstand at Central Park. It was an anti-Vietnam War moratorium for about 3,000 people. And I sang Buffy St. Marie's Universal Soldier. Yeah, we rocked up there. So I was that. I still have a picture of that moment, and uh, that was really a big one for me. It showed me what it meant to express uh, deep emotion. I I was really I was really excited to get up and say something that was important to community and to the larger society.
This piece is with Brandon Ross, and I met Brandon. We were both in our 20s and young and exploring musical ideas. And I remember uh, we would play music all the time, and we had a lots of different configurations of musicians. So listening to this piece is really joyful for me. It's an ecstatic piece. It's a piece that came about from a moment in my life when I had, I would say, a rebirth experience spiritually. I had joined the church. I grew up in the church, but I had, you know, moved away, you know, just in life, moving on to other things. And then in 1987, had a conversion experience. And so I was really immersed and I was, I had been speaking in tongues, uh, you know, had the gift of, of, of tongues. And really this piece with Brandon is my attempt to bring to a, a stage not, that's not a sacred place, something of that sacred experience.
Kamal Sabir, the drummer, he now goes with uh, with the name Kamal Jones, is an amazing drummer. He um, was also with Leroy Jenkins for a while, and that's where I met him. We were married for a period of time. We had a really, really rich, productive musical connection. His family was Puerto Rican and Cuban, and my family was Jamaican and Puerto Rican, and both of us were from the Bronx. We just had real similar aesthetic tendencies and affinities and and just a real connection musically. I'm listening to this piece and I really feel like it captured that moment also um, where I was exploring my spirituality, but also questioning where does it fit on the secular stage and trying to make sense of that. I'm playing an amplified acoustic violin. Uh, It's going through effects and I'm playing this super heavy Mesa Boogie amp. (laughs) Once Kamal and I separated, I had to get rid of the amp because I couldn't carry it by myself. Crazy.
Jesus's laugh is really something that came out of my work my postdoctoral work and uh, my work as a researcher. I had just finished, maybe five or six years prior to this performance, finished my, my uh, doctoral work and got a grant to go to South Africa, which I did. And in this piece, you're hearing the voice of an Endebele artist, Princess Francina was her name and she painted these wonderful huge paintings on the surface of houses and it was a style of painting that was so it it is very captivating and i got there and i wanted to interview her and i did and on the other hand what you're hearing you hear a conversation with me and my grandmother Jesusa, Jesusa Lanzó. And what really stands out for me here is the beauty of language for this whole piece. It's about the beauty of the sound of my grandmother's voice, her laugh. And, and the same thing with Princess Francina's work. I've used the sound of her voice and run it through effects.
This piece we're going to do in the upcoming performance, uh, Letters from Papa, is really special and deeply emotional for me. In late 2021, my father died, and he and I were very, very close. He was my hero. And a couple of years before he died, he gave me a series of letters that he had been holding on to and keeping very safely. And they were letters from from my great-grandmother to my grandmother when she first came here from Jamaica. And there were letters from my grandfather. That's what this particular performance is based on. Uh, we called my grandfather Papa. And Papa had gone to Canada one year and was unable to get back. And we heard through the years that uh, he had no papers. We didn't know what that meant, but we know now what happened with Papa was sort of coded with the family. But it's especially profound for me because when I sing his words, I am completely in his heart. I'm inside him, in his body, in his blood. I'm feeling him and what might have gone through him as he wrote these letters to my grandmother when he couldn't get back into the country. I take my family with me wherever I go. I'm always creating from my well of of experience and memories and what more do we have that's that's all we have Playing at roulette means so much to me now. I look back and I see they hold so much history. This is just one of the most amazing institutions of our time. And I am so honored to be uh, nurtured by roulette. And uh, I, I can't say enough about their generosity and their vision. This is quite a place and quite a community. Mm -hmm. 
Break spells. The work and words of composer performer Terry Janor, documented with recordings from the Roulette concert series in New York City from 1986 to 2007. These recordings have been preserved as part of Roulette's Concert Archive Project, made possible, in part, with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and the Grammy Museum. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Roulette Tape a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.